Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Father, you want to speak to us today. You want to help us. You want to equip us. Lord, I pray this message today, Father, would shine a light on an area of our life that we need to grow. We need to become more like you. So, Father, help us to receive the word today. Help us to block out any distraction, whether it be the the temperature, our phones pinging, people around us. Father, I pray that we'd receive your word of clarity and courage today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just remain standing for a moment. The word I'm going to share today is a word that if you get hold of this, this will be a principle for the rest of your life. I cannot underestimate what I'm about to share, not what I'm saying, but what God wants to share through his word today. This is a principle that if you apply to your life can actually radically transform the way you live. I don't want you to miss today because I feel that if you can grasp what I'm about to share today, things could change in your life. And I don't very, you know me, I don't say this very often, but there's a principle I want to share from the Word of God today that's going to help some people. So would you receive that? All right, you guys can take your seats. As you do, would you thank the, the worship team as they head down? These guys are... Last week, we looked at anxiety, and uh, this week we should be looking at inferiority, um, but we're not going to be looking out for that because I'm going to skip a chapter. This chapter will be online in a couple of weeks' time. I want to encourage you to, uh, if if you're hearing stories of what God's been doing in this series, please drop us an email, tell us a story. We uh, had a story this week about a lady who for the last few weeks was told about this series and has never been to the church before, never even heard of Soul Church, has been watching the series online, last week made her commitment, made her peace with God in the service. So, you know, we want to hear those stories. And so let us know. Right, I'm going to start with a question. And this, this question, I want you to keep in the back of your minds as we go through today's message. But if, if you, um, you can write this down or just put it in the back of your mind. But this is the question. What is the one thing that you're believing God to do in your life right now? If you could do one thing, what would it be? Would it be to restore your marriage? Um, maybe a new contract in your business? What would be the one thing? Maybe to sell your house, to buy a house? What would be the one thing that you're believing God to do? Now, just park that for a second. We're going to be going in a moment to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16 in the Old Testament. And I'm going to give you a background to the passage before we read it together. Before Jesus came to the earth, he would speak The Father would speak through prophets like Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Isaiah. And if God needed to get a message to his children, he would always speak for a prophet. Now, God needed to get a message to to Israel that they needed a new king. So God chose to speak to David for a prophet called Samuel. And he said, I want you to basically remove the current king of Israel, which was a king called Saul. Saul was a good king. He made some poor choices. He didn't walk right before God. So God had had enough, and he said, I want to move him out of the way. And God decides to speak to the prophet Samuel. And he says, Samuel, you go and choose. Pick for me a mighty man who can lead this country. So he speaks to another gentleman by the name of Jesse. Now, Jesse was a statesman. And he had eight sons. He says to Samuel, I want you to pray Jesse's sons. And you choose, you choose the one that you think would be fit to be the next king of Israel. I mean, it's a bit like the bachelor. Okay? You just, it's a process of elimination. So let's pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 16. It says, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. Who can see a problem with the story already? And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And Samuel then said to Jesse, are all the young men here? He said, well, there is one, the youngest, and he is keeping the sheep. Who knows this is an unfair interview process? They leave one of the contenders out. Who knows if you're David, you've got an issue with this. 
Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes. So he sent and brought him in. Now, if I was David in this moment, I'd be asking a lot of questions of my dad. He says he was ruddy, with bright eyes, and good-looking. Mark Hollinger. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. It says, and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Samuel anoints David at 15 years old to be the next king of Israel. Who thinks that's young? It's like the queen saying to Prince William when he was 15, uh, you know, you are going to be the next king of England. The word anointing is an old word. It, it, it means to be set apart. It means to be commissioned for a divine appointment. Now, the good news today is that as New Testament believers, we don't have to wait to be anointed by an Old Testament prophet to get God's blessing on our lives as a follower of Christ, you are already anointed. You're anointed for that business. You're anointed for that dream. You are anointed for the things which God has placed in your heart. Luke 4, 18 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord God is upon me, and He has anointed me. Everyone say, I am anointed. The miracle, the dream, the desire, the thing that you've written down on your piece of paper, as long as it aligns with God's will, you are anointed on it. God's Holy Spirit is alive inside of us. You are anointed. But the issue is not, are you anointed? The issue is the next season. The issue is the season of what the ninth mask in the book is all about, which is disappointment. Disappointment. Disappointed. And then the third word, which we're going to focus in today, is appointed. Now, there is no question that we're anointed. The question is this, what happens when life disappoints us? What people don't realize is David was 15 when he was anointed, but he was 30 when he was appointed. And he had 15 years of disappointment. 15 years. Now, I'm never worried about people when they're in church receiving God's Spirit and being blessed and you're in the right atmosphere and you're being anointed and you think you can change the world and kids on summer camps, I'm going to change the world and God is for me. I love that stuff. It's called the anointing of God. But what happens on a Monday when the phone rings? What happens when Prime Minister Boris tomorrow night says something that we don't want him to say? Either way. This is why I'm speaking on disappointment today. I'm setting us up to how to handle it for tomorrow. That's why we're fast-tracking it. Because some of us, our hopes are in all the wrong places. And this is a blueprint for our lives. We're anointed and we get disappointed. And the reality is so many people never reach the appointment, the miracle, the dream, because they get lost in disappointment. You know, there's a reason that the church right now, not just our church, but churches all over this country are only half full. I'm not talking about health and safety or COVID. I'm talking about people are disappointed. People are disappointed in God. People are disappointed in pastors. People are disappointed in government. People are living in disappointment. And the question is not this. It's, the question is not, am I anointed? The question is, how do I handle disappointment? So that's what we want to tackle today. And so we're going to work through these three points, and I want to help you. I want to give you some tools how to handle tomorrow. Is that okay? Number one is this. The Holy Spirit anoints us. It says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. You are anointed. I've got to keep reminding you that you're anointed. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, then you are anointed. You are anointed to be a great mum. You might not always feel like a great mum, or a great parent, but you are anointed. You're anointed for that job interview this week. You're anointed for that date this week. Don't know who I'm speaking to. 
The anointing sets us apart. It says in Psalm 45, verse 7, it says, Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness. Look at this. More than your companions. More than your companions. Which means when you have the presence of God alive in you, it anoints you more than a degree. It anoints you more than a qualification. It anoints you more than the things that you think you need to get to where God wants to get you. When you have the presence of God inside of you, God can elevate you. God can qualify you. God qualifies the unqualified. The anointing sets you apart. That's why I'm so desperate to get our young people on summer camps this year. Why? Because they're going to get a touch by the presence of God. They've been touched by social media. They've been touched by all the junk out there. And we're going to get them in God's presence under a tent. And we're going to believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to fall on them. Why? Because they've got to be reminded again that they are anointed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and He has anointed me. By the way, never confuse your gift with the anointing. You say, well, what's the difference? Our gifts impress people. The anointing transforms people. This, you've got to grasp this, because I tell you, I can even impress you. Brittany can impress you. Chantel can impress you. It's called gift. The gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. When you were born, God placed gifts inside of you. And your gifts will impress people. Your gifts will take you so far. But there is something greater than the gifts that God has placed inside of you. It's the anointing that he's placed on you. And it's the anointing of God which transforms people. That's before I stand on a platform. I don't want my gift up here. I want the presence of God. I want the anointing of God. Because you can leave transformed. Before you step in the office tomorrow, God, I need your anointing in me. Before I open my mouth in the staff meeting, before I open my mouth, I need your gift. I need your words in my mouth. I've got to be careful when you come to church because I want to make sure it's God's power that's transforming you. I've noticed I've preached some of the best messages and they haven't helped anyone because I've stepped up here in my gift. And I've got up here and I've preached and I've felt broken and I've felt tired. And people go, wow, that's changed my life. I'm sitting there, that's impossible. Why? Because one stepped up in the gift and one stepped up in your anointing. Before you speak to people, make sure you're stepping up under the cloud of his presence, not under your gift. And by the way, they work really well together. So God's saying not just one without the other. Your gift plus the anointing is an unstoppable force. So it's not, God didn't give you a gift so you didn't use it. He's given you a gift to use it, but he wants to use it under his anointing. And David, only, he was only 15. He was anointed to lead. I want you to say this out loud. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointed, which means God's presence is inside of me. Then, that's the good part. That's the fun stuff, but this is where people get lost. This is why people leave churches. This is why marriages break down. This is why businesses fall apart. It's because disappointment sets in. I'm going to take the the, the main chunk of my time here today. I'm going to speak about disappointment. Because after experiencing being anointed, David is chased for his life by his boyhood hero, which was Saul. David looked up to Saul. Saul was the king. David had an uttermost respect for the king. But Saul was an insecure leader. And his insecurities got the better of him. And he heard that there was a young and upcoming leader called David. And he had something on his life. And there was a possibility that he could be the next king. And David, the Bible said he was raging with anger. In fact, he was raging so much, twice he tried to kill him. You thought your boss was bad. It says in verse 19, Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David, but Jonathan had, ta- had taken a great liking to David and warned him, my father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. This was not in the script. This was not in the script when he was anointed. Do you know what wasn't in the script in 2020? COVID. When we said this is the year we're going to build... I had no idea what that meant. Our church had never had such momentum in January 2020. We'd just come off the back of Vision Sunday and we were flying. Every, you know, every radar was just off, off. 
people getting saved, 1,500 people in church every Sunday, and suddenly this pandemic comes in, and suddenly the doors close. Suddenly I'm staring at a red dot. Suddenly we're feeling like we're all alone. And we all have our own story to tell about the last 18 months. And we can all talk about how disappointed we feel. Some of us feel let down by church. Some of us feel let down by our government. Some of us feel let down by people. We all feel a sense of disappointment. And just like David, this, this was not in the script. Because most miracles, most dreams do not get lost at the time of anointing in the presence of God. They get lost on, a very, on an everyday moment. Th- and this is, this is nothing new. Noah. Noah was anointed to save a nation. He said, you know, bring your family onto the ark. Bring every species you can and we're going to save it. But what people forget is it was 80 years of looking out the window looking for rain. When you read the children's story of Noah's ark, they go straight from the door closing to the flood. It was 80 years of waiting for rain. 80 I'd have given up, wouldn't you? I'd have sold the timber and given up. Built a zoo or done something. You would though, wouldn't you? You'd give up after 80 years. But Noah understood what disappointment was. Joseph anointed to lead a nation at a young age. And then what happened? His own family turned on him and put him in a pit. And he sold into slavery. Moses anointed to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And then they get stuck in a desert for 40 years waiting to reach the promised land. So many people come to church. They have an encounter they lift up their hands and they say to me, John, this is the best thing. I'm going to be here next week and I never see him again. Why? It's not because they didn't have an experience with God in the service. It's because they didn't know how to handle what happened on Tuesday morning. They didn't know how to handle the email. They didn't know how to handle the bad stuff that life throws at us. People disappoint us. And 15 years of disappointment for David... I've got a prophetic word for our church for the rest of the year. You want to write this down, it will help you. Life will disappoint you. Life will disappoint you. Some of you are going to get disappointed before you leave church today because someone promised to meet you here and they didn't come. Someone's going to get disappointed because they had to park all the way down the road and it's 100 degrees outside and you thought you'd have a nice spot outside. And Life disappoints us. And if you've been coming, coming and If you've been coming to church long enough, you'll realize that church disappoints you. Jesus said, he said, John 16, 33, in this world, in this world, you will have trouble. But here's the difference. Before we read the rest of the scripture, we get to choose to go through life, a life of disappointment with or without Jesus. That's our choice. We can't change disappointment. We can change who we go through disappointment with. And that's why we're here today, because we're choosing to go through this week with Jesus, not without him. Because he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. This means we get to partner with Jesus through our season of disappointment. You don't want to go into another lockdown on your own. You don't want to have to face the things at work on your own. Why? Because Jesus has promised he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. We can face every disappointment with him. And too many times I've allowed disappointments to stop me trying, stop me risking, stop me dreaming, stop me praying, stop me believing, stop me hoping, stop me experiencing. Disappointment will stop you. The mask of disappointment is a mask all of us have to choose whether we pick up in the morning and put on or not. We've all felt disappointment. Holidays have been cancelled, postponed. None of us have seen the people closest to us A wife hasn't seen her family for over two years and she's struggling like many of you. So the question is, what do we do? Let's be real. Instead of ignoring it, what do we do? I'm going to be really honest and real right now and I hope that's okay because I think this will help you understand something that's in Scripture that probably we don't want to talk about but I think we need to talk about it. But In John 10.10 it says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill and to destroy. And I have come that you might have life and have life abundantly. There are two roadmaps for your life. Two roadmaps. There is God's roadmap for your life. That roadmap is abundant life. 
abundant life. Not a life the world offers, but an abundant life. A life of blessing, provision. God wants to bless you, take care of you. It's God's roadmap for your life. Even through disappointment, you can still be on God's roadmap. But there is another roadmap. It's called the devil's roadmap. His roadmap for your life is to steal it, to destroy it, and kill it. Okay, if we just got to wake up right now to what's happening around us. The enemy wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy people's lives. So this is where I need to be honest. Because the enemy has three signposts on his roadmap. They all begin with D. We've covered the first one, which is disappointment. Disappointment. You get let down, you lose your job, you lose your marriage, and you get disappointed. And we think, can life get any worse than disappointment? Well, actually, the enemy is not satisfied by just disappointing us. Because the second D is the D of depression, which is where so many people are struggling. We talked about it last week, anxiety, depression. What is depression? Well, if you see any of these things inside of you, I want to encourage you to seek help. You find yourself running away from things, backing away from relationships. Maybe you're making poor choices impulsively. Work seems pointless now, and you want to quit. You just want to quit. You want to quit things. You don't want to quit life, but you want to quit things. You want to quit your job. You just want to quit the relationship. You want to quit friendships. You want to quit church. You want to quit. They are signs of depression, and I want to encourage you to seek help. The problem is the devil is not just satisfied with disappointment or depression. He's got one more. It's death. It's death. The enemy will not stop until he takes your life. Now, I'm sorry, this is black and white, but this is true. Because I've seen it so many times. I have stood by the graves of many, many mums and dads, sons and daughters, from death by suicide over the last 18 months. Too, too, too many. Because the enemy is at work on people. And this is his final destination for people. The devil will never stop at depression. He wants your life. Suddenly a disappointing moment develops into depression and depression can lead to death because thoughts of suicide become real. I'm going to say this, and if you're watching me, and you can hear me, I want you to know this. If you are thinking that death might help you right now, please, 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 I beg you to reach out for help. We will signpost you to the right place. I have never said this in church before, but please, this is the roadmap the enemy wants to go on. But today you can seek help and you can get off that path. Talk to someone. Talk to someone before you leave. Now, can you see... Can you see why this is such a big issue now? It's not, I'm just disappointed. The enemy doesn't stop at disappointment. He wants you depressed. And then he wants to take you to the final stop. Unresolved disappointment has the potential to destroy a person's life. This is why I said today is a pivotal moment for people. Now here's the good news. There is another way. When life disappointments, here's a seven keys. Seven keys. You might lose your car keys, but don't lose these keys, all right? Seven keys from David's life to removing the mask. Number one is this. You've got to remember, when feelings, situations of disappointment come, remember you're anointed for disappointment. David was anointed by Samuel. Samuel, because he's a prophet, he knew that there would be difficult days ahead Difficult days ahead for David. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. God is anointing you today for when life gets tough tomorrow. You are not in church here today just to feel good or see your friend or have a coffee or an ice cream. By the way, there's ice creams for sale afterwards. You're not in church today for that. You're in church today so God can fill you with his strength and with his peace. So when you step outside the four walls of this room, you are ready to take on whatever comes your way tomorrow. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you and he has anointed you. God's anointing is on you for when life gets tough. Two weeks into the pandemic, I had a meltdown. 
I very rarely have them, but I was really struggling. We, as I said, we were booming as a church. Things had never been better. Suddenly, we're shut down. Suddenly, Percy Parrott gets on my shoulder. You're not qualified. By the way, they don't do a pandemic semester at college, at Bible college. I've said they probably should bring it in, but they didn't train us for what happens if church is shut down. You feel so inadequate. I said to Chantal, I can't do this. I just don't know how to do it. Don't know what to read. Don't know what to believe. No one had nowhere to tell. I said, I'm, I'm going out for the day. I said, just tell people I'm busy. I'm switching my phone off. I was in the garden. I remember the pain of that disappointment. And some of you, you felt that loneliness, that depression. You felt some of those things that came upon you in that season. But I want to remind you again today that you are anointed to lead your business. You are anointed, Christine, to lead your business. Diane, you're anointed right now to lead your family. This lovely lady here with the peach salmon trousers, you're anointed. I don't know who you are, but God does. And you're anointed in this season to lead your family in through this situation. You are the man and you are the woman. God has commissioned you. God has set you apart. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. Remember, God anoints you not for the good times, but for the bad times. Number two is this. You've got to remember to guard against a wounded spirit. One of the things that happens when we get disappointed is uh, the chances are it's somebody or someone who's caused that disappointment. And we have a choice whether our spirits get wounded. Saul the king, I've mentioned him already, but David's boyhood hero, he's trying to kill him. How does David respond to someone he's looked up to who's now let him down? He says this, he still, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. I will not touch the Lord's anointed. I tell you what, he had every reason to speak bad about that man. One of the best pieces of advice we ever received as a young person at Bible college from Pastor Brian Houston was this. He said, John, he said, never develop a wounded spirit. Never develop a wounded spirit. Chantal and I, we fought hard against it, but we go to bed at night and we make sure that we don't have a wounded spirit. Even when people say unkind things, write unkind things, we've got to make sure that we don't develop a wounded spirit. The key to the spirit, the key to your future above everything else, above your qualifications, above everything else, is your spirit. It's your spirit. When we're interviewing people for jobs and when we're looking for people in key positions in this church, we're looking for people's spirit. People's spirit. Your spirit is your key. This is why disappointment needs to be dealt with quickly. Quickly. It's not our education or our qualification or our job in life that will catapult us into our future. It's our spirit. The question is, and David said, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit. Don't let COVID spirit on you. Don't let the fear spirit in your home. Don't let the spirit of confusion on you. Wash the spirit off you and say, God, I want your spirit. I want your spirit. Solomon says in Proverbs 25, he says, who has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down. What's he talking about? He's saying when we let the, when we let the wrong things into our life, it's like a city, which means we can come under attack. The amount of people I've seen, they've got a critical spirit and suddenly everything in their life, their health gets attacked, their family gets attacked, their business gets attacked. When you have a right spirit, it's a spirit of protection around your family. It's a spirit of protection around your life. Look after your spirit in disappointment. Number three is this. In a season of disappointment, you've got to remember the difference between solitude and isolation. David understood the difference. You say, well, what's the difference between solitude and isolation? Isolation is you being alone with you. Solitude is you being alone with God. Isolation is never good. I'll go on record. Isolation is never good. Solitude is good for the soul. Solitude is good for the soul. Jesus constantly went away with himself to be with his father. But what was he going to do? Be with his father. He went away to the mountains to pray, to be with his dad. Was it to wallow? Was it to hurt? No, he went away to pray. 
Isolation is basically, if all you want to do is watch box sets, eat fast food, sleep at all the wrong hours, that's isolation. That's called warning signs. If you're saying, I need some time alone because I need to get alone with my father, that's called solitude. There is a big difference. And we've got to break people out of isolation right now, back into community, back into a place of safety. Jesus constantly got away with his father. First thing I wanted to do when I was feeling down is I wanted to isolate myself. That is a natural tendency, but it's a dangerous tendency. Solitude is rewarding. David is feeling, David is feeling disappointed because the very person he looked up to has let him down. But then he remembers. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help does not come from the king. My help does not come from the soldiers around me. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Some of you need to break out of isolation this week into solitude. This is a word for someone. Break out of isolation into solitude, which means you lift up your eyes above your disappointment, not onto Netflix, not onto Facebook, not onto social media. You lift up your eyes onto the hills from whence cometh my help. The hills is where David found his solitude. He was talking about the hills where he would find peace with God. Number four, the fourth thing we do when we are in the season of disappointment is to remember to encourage ourselves in the Lord. David is being hounded by Saul. He's about to be stoned to death. But this is what Samuel said in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. He said, but David, this is what Samuel said of David, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. How many times are we looking for everyone else to encourage us? No one else is responsible for encouraging me but me. Everyone else is a bonus. Start building yourself up in the promises of God. You are anointed to get through this season. Now you've got to encourage yourself that you can do it. Zion 40, 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not go weary. They will walk and not be faint. I want to encourage you to begin to encourage yourself in the Lord. It's great to get encouragement from everyone else, but when was the last time you said, Steve, you're doing great. You just told yourself. Every morning when I come into church, when I drive here, I say, John, you're going to preach fantastic today. I tell myself, if I don't believe this, then you might not. So I've got to tell myself I'm going to have a great day. The first thing I say to my children, apart from good morning, every morning is I say the same thing. Today is going to be a great day. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, how are we going to make this day a great day? Dinosaur Park shut, was open now, but you know, for 18 months, we're trying to battle this thing. But you've got to speak words of encouragement over yourself. Today is going to be a good day. Start building yourself up in the promise of God. Number five, remember, disappointment can either be a prison or a portal. A prison keeps you where you are. A portal, which is the doorway, takes you to somewhere greater. David is in a cave. It's called the cave of Adullam. He is trapped. It is a prison. Saul is at the door trying to get in to kill him. But he remembers he is still God's man. He remembers that there was a promise spoken over him 12 or 13 years earlier that he was going to be positioned as the king of, of Israel. The devil wants to tell you that disappointment is a dead end. But I've come to tell you today that disappointment is a doorway to greater things in your life. There are greater things ahead of you. When I was 18, I had an opportunity to, to trial as a, the, the, the goalkeeper at Norwich City. And the coach said to me at the end of the week, and I write about it in the book, he said, you're just not good enough. They don't say that quite as brutal as that these days. You know what? He was right. Because I wasn't good enough for that, because God was preparing me for this. You know what? You weren't good enough for that job, because God was preparing you 
for where he's about to take you. You weren't good enough for that university because God was preparing you for a greater level of education. You've got to go. This is not a prison. This is a portal. There is a door that is about to open in your life. Sometimes God allows disappointments in our lives so we can reach higher. And some of you are disappointed right now in life. You're disappointed in stuff. You're disappointed in things. And God is saying, if you can just step back a little bit, because I want to take you higher. God is about to show some people a new door. When Jesus said in Luke 4, 18, he said, I have come to set the prisoners free. He wasn't meaning he was going to come and let everyone out of jail in Norwich. That wouldn't be good for any of us. He was meaning I'm going to set people free from the prison of disappointment in your life. This is what Unmasked is all about, is to set people free. You know, disappointment is a door. Every time a building has fallen through, we've been looking for a building for nearly two years now for our refuge. This week, you know, I I made a decision. I can choose to see it as a prison or a portal. Every time a building falls through, every time something doesn't work out, I can say, no, it's a prison or it's a portal. That door's closed because there's a greater door which lies ahead. And in your life, you can see your life as a prison right now, or you can see it as a portal to a greater thing. Whatever you had planned for you, God has something better. God has something better planned in your life. Number six, remember, God often gets to work on us before our situations. When David was anointed at 15, he knew that he wasn't ready for this. He knew that he wasn't ready to lead a nation at 15. I mean, you've got no life experience. He could just see the hand of God on that young lad. And he said, so what I'm gonna do for the next 15 years is I'm gonna allow a series of disappointments. I'm gonna put you up against a giant. I'm going to put you up one-to-one against a bear. I'm going to see how you can handle a giant. And I'm going to put you under a lunatic of a leader called Saul. So if you can pass the bear, if you can pass Goliath, and if you can pass Saul test, guess what? I can probably think you're ready to be king. We live in a generation now where we all think we're ready for everything. Because we live in the microwave generation. You go to McDonald's, you want your food now. We want our miracle now. God is not a microwave God. God is a slow cooker God. The best meals do not come out of the microwave. A pot noodle is not a good meal. Do taste good. Anyway, that's for another story. The best meals are the ones that are cooking right now in your oven, getting ready for when you come home. God is a slow cooker God. God is slowly marinating your miracle. And he's saying, I am getting you ready for your dream. I am getting ready for where I want you. But can you handle me working in the process? God will allow disappointments to come into your life because he's testing you. You thought he'd abandoned you. Disappointment has developed my leadership more than anything else. Pain is a teacher. Jesus will often see a deeper work that needs to be done in us so he allows disappointment. You know, I've come to God many times with a real need and a bad attitude. Anyone ever come to God with a real need and a bad attitude? And God says this every time. He says, let me start with the bad attitude. He says, I'm going to fix it in you before I fix it for you. And could it be right now that God is fixing stuff in us before he fixes it for us? The thing that you've written down, you're like, God, why aren't you doing it? And God's like, just hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, just, just settle. I just want to deal with that little that little attitude. I want to deal with that little disappointment. I want to deal with that little heart thing that you've got against that person in the church. Fix it. Don't expect God to answer your prayers if you're holding holding something against someone. He won't do it. Fix it. Fix your spirit. Fix that thing inside of you. God has done far more in me in the last 18 months than for me. God has done far more. Who would agree in the last 18 months, God has done so much more in you than for you? By the way, there is a season of miracles that's about to break out in our church. 
And God is saying, hey, I just needed to, I just you needed you all to jump off that crazy conveyor belt you're all on. I need to switch some people around. I need to get people, some people, because I'm preparing you. So I just needed to get some of those people who were speaking badly. I just needed to wave them. And there's some new people. There's a new wave of souls that's coming. And God is fixing the church. He's fixing it. I'm not angry at the stuff that's happening in the Christian world right now. I'm actually quite excited. Because this is the greatest mover of God that's ever, ever, we've ever been seen on this planet is about to take place. After ever, oh wow, look at that time. After every major global pandemic in history, there has always been a major move of the Spirit. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. You're in the right place. This is the right time. Get ready for a move of God like never before. Number seven, quickly, quickly. You hold me up. Number seven. Remember, never set your expectation at the level of your experience. Disappointment is so dangerous because it shifts the level of our expectation. I've experienced disappointment, so I expect disappointment. I've experienced isolation, so I expect isolation. I've experienced Loss, so I'm going to experience more loss. I was in a supermarket recently. I said, how are you doing? She, the lady said, oh, yeah, I'm good. She said, but I've had two bad things today happen. I'm expecting my third. Think about that. She'd set her expectation at the level of her experience. David said this in Psalm 27, 13. He said, I would have lost hope unless I had believed that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm not experiencing blessing. I'm not experiencing breakthrough. I'm not experiencing the miracle that I wrote down on my piece of paper. But David said, he confessed, he said, I'm going to raise the level of my expectation over the level of my experience. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I wonder what you're not seeing in your life right now, but you need to start confessing. I will see my family saved. I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will see my home bill. I will see my home soul. I will see a breakthrough. We will see a revival in this city. Come on, you've got to speak it before you see it. You've got to confess it. You've got to say it. Come on, let's raise the level of our expectation above our disappointment. Hallelujah. Come on, not for a minute. Just stay standing. I'm going to finish with this. What if God is doing in your life right now what you want him to do, but just not the way you wanted him to do it. What about that? What about we expect that God is doing the very thing in my life I want him to do, he's just not doing it the way I want him to do it. Anyone else out there like that? For me, it's the new building. I'm like, really? What about you put all the money in the bank and then we build it? He says, no, that's not the way I do it. He says, I want you to head towards the promised land with this big sea in front of you and a big army behind you. I wonder what you're expecting God to do in your way and today you're going to actually, can you, can you still trust God when life makes no sense? I want to finish with this thought. I got caught in a lot of traffic like you did this week. Anyone else in Norwich getting some traffic this week? It took me 45 minutes to get my kids home from school. We could have walked. I think they decided to do every major road change in Norwich in one week. Don't worry, we haven't been in lockdown for 18 months when the roads were clear. That's for another message. And I looked at my little sat-nav on my phone. I was sitting there. I, all I could see was the red, remember the red block? Don't you just hate that? Because it just shows you just sitting there. Red means stop. And then the Holy Spirit said, John, just zoom out a little bit. So I zoomed out and I could see clear roads into the future. And he said, that's what God is doing in your life right now. 
If you can just zoom out a little bit, there are still waters, there are green pastures, there are miracles, but you're so stuck in the red, you're so stuck in the disappointment of traffic around you. And God is saying, if you can just take a step back, I'm preparing a way for your business. I'm preparing a way for your family. And the future is far greater than what's in front of you right now, what's around you. So I'm gonna lift up my eyes to the hills because that's where my help come from. So come on, you gotta take a little step back and say, God, you're in my disappointment. You're in my busyness. You're in the stuckness of my life right now. And I'm gonna try trust you. Come on, is there anyone out there and you're stuck right now in disappointment? Just lift up your hand. You're stuck in disappointment. You're stuck in the traffic of disappointment. And there's so many people stuck in the traffic. God wants to get you going today. Just like David, his greatest days were coming. God is going to appoint you. So Father, I pray right now for every person who is stuck in the traffic of disappointment. Father, I pray right now that you would bring peace in this season. Father, I pray that we would get a greater understanding of this mask, that you want us to live in freedom and we trust you right now. I want you to trust God. Come on, just say, God, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Trust you. 15 years, David had to wait for that divine appointment, but it came. He was anointed the king. Waiting time is not wasted time. Don't waste your wait. Don't waste your way. Keep serving. Keep trusting. Keep giving. Keep believing. Keep asking. Keep going. Come on, don't waste your way. So I'm not going to waste my way. I'm going to keep trusting God in this season. Father, I thank you, Lord. You're going to carry us through this storm of disappointment. The Lord is in this place. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for one more group of people. You know, the greatest appointment you can ever have, and you can have this appointment immediately. You haven't got to wait for this one. Is your appointment with Jesus Christ to become your personal savior. Friend, he loves you. I don't know many of you have experienced disappointments over the past few months and even years. But God, God has never left you. God's got a plan for your life. His plan is abundant life talked about the enemy's plan for your life. You've seen it. It's a pathway to destruction. And it's, by the way, it's so subtle. It is so subtle. But God's plan is clear. He wants to bless you, forgive you, give you a future and a hope. You say, well, what do I have to do to move from the enemy's plan for my life to God's plan? It's really simple. Accept Jesus as your savior. Accept that you can't do life on your own. Ask him to come and forgive you of your sins. He'll do, it a, he'll do what we call a beautiful exchange. He'll remove your past. He'll remove your poor choices, your sin. He can give you a brand new start. Friend, I don't know where you're watching online. I don't know who's in the room today, but God does. And God wants to wipe your slate clean today. You say, well, I'm not good enough. None of us are good enough. That's why God sent Jesus to this earth to forgive us. Today, you can have that assurance that one day when you leave this earth, you spend eternity with Him. I want every Christian right now in the room, every Christian who's watching online, this is a sacred moment. We're going to pray because this is where people are going to make their peace with God. And I can't see you online, but I can see you in the room. But it's not about your hand, it's about your heart. But if you're saying right now in the room, say, yes, I'm going to make a decision. I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to Him. I'm tired of trying to do life on my own. But today, today is a new day, a fresh start. I'm going to give Jesus a chance. When I get to three, would you just slip up your hand long enough and high enough so I can see it? I'd love to include you in that prayer. Online, you can just write in the, in the chat, this is for me, pray for me. All over this room, one, God loves you, friend. Two, have the courage right now to receive his love. Three, just slip up your hand nice and high. God bless you, 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 beautiful. Anyone else? Say, that's for me today, that's for me. Good on you, good on you, beautiful. God bless you, young man. People making their peace with God. Thank you, Lord. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to say a prayer together out loud. And if you, wherever you're watching from, maybe you're in the garden enjoying the sunshine. Good on you. Maybe in your kitchen preparing lunch, wherever you are. Why don't you say this prayer out loud together? Let's believe God right now for salvation to come into people's hearts and people's homes. Father God, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. 
Thank you that he died for me. Thank you that three days later, he rose again. Right now, I repent of my sins. I give my life to you. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. Amen. Amen. Will you put your hands together and thank everyone. Well done online, in the room. Wow. So many people. In the first service, you know, every service since we've been back, people have just been finding Jesus. This is what I'm talking about. This is why the greater days are ahead of us. So good. So, hey, if you lifted up your hand or if you're in the chat, let us know. We want to give you a gift. It's a Bible. And uh, our team are going to be hanging out uh, out there in, in the, uh, the foyer as you head outside. And please take a Bible. It's, the, it's really the next step, the next step forward to uh, this decision you've made today. Today's not the end. It's the beginning, the beginning of something new for you in your life. And if I can encourage you to do one more thing, keep coming back to church. Keep coming back to church. Church is a place where a whole lot of people who've not got it figured out try and come to get it figured out. None of us have got it figured out, but at least we're attempting to get it figured out through Jesus. And so come along. We love you. And when you feel ready, if you're watching online, come and see us in the room. But if you're watching in a different part of the world and you don't have a local church, let us know because we've got friends all over the world that we could help you find a great local church. So one more time, let's thank everyone who made that decision. I want you to think about that message this week, disappointment. When disappointment comes, when it comes knocking on your door, we to put those, remember those three principles. The Holy Spirit's anointed me. Even when life disappoints me, I'm going to hold on. God is doing far more in me than for me. And my divine appointment is going to happen in God's time. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.